0: Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bo's No Show, with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Gosevich. And now, here's Jay. Good afternoon, and it's another
1: beautiful day here in Pacific Northwest. Except for if you're listening from California, it's cold and rainy. Don't move here. Um, no, just kidding. Um, this is the Bose Nose Show, and I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich. And we're coming to you live from beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon. And uh, we've got a busy show here today, but, you know, we'll always take the show in whatever direction that somebody calls in wants it to go. And all you have to do to derail us is call in at 646-721-9887, or you have to be a couple of young poodles trying to wrestle in my lap. Um, again, that's 646-721-9887. And press 1, because that lets Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you want to get in on the conversation here on the Bo'snose Nose Show. Well, last night I attended a joint elected officials meeting with the City of Eugene and Lane County Board of Commissioners, the City Council and the Board of Commissioners, uh, to hear the presentation of the final report from the uh, Technical Assistance Collaborative. I always get the A wrong, Technical Assistance Collaborative, uh, which is a consultant that specializes in um, looking into human services systems and analyzing them and, and and making advice to try and improve system improvement. And they basically were hired to look at the overall system that serves the homeless population here in Lane County. And basically they came and they, um, you know, the city and the County provided them with a bunch of information about what we thought our system was. They did further research into it. They interviewed um, stakeholders and, um, you know, managers and, and volunteers from various nonprofits and folks that that work at the county and the city, and they mapped out the entire homeless services system in Lane County, basically. And then from that, identified gaps in the system and ways we can improve it to try and you know make it more efficient in helping the homeless. And also looked at ways we could expand the system to the point where we could get to um, zero unsheltered um, adult single adult homeless people in Lane County. Um, and of course, there'll still be some people out camping after that is all in effect, but it'd be by choice, not because we don't have a place for them to go. Um, and that and that was kind of a interesting report in that um really most of it concentrated on how to make the system work better um and and trying to get people to move into the system of supports better and to get them to move on to uh, more permanent housing better um you know working on the, the flow through the system uh, basically eight of the ten recommendations dealt with that portion of improving the system, the coordination and cooperation and communications between the various providers. Um, and one of the things they identified was there's a lot of places in our system we get people into, but then they don't move on. There's you know very little turnover. So it's, it's you know, the capacity is being used up by people that are staying at one level in the system, whether it's, um, you know, uh, Permanent supported housing or whether it's uh, temporary shelter, people aren't moving through the system very well. But the other portion of the the two other recommendations were specifically about trying to get to that zero. Folks out there, you know, camping on the street and and, uh, camping in our parks, camping in the woods, whatever else. And that's really where a lot of the dollars get spent. There's a plenty of dollars that were spent in the other eight recommendations. In fact, with those eight recommendations, there were 21 new public employees that would have to be hired to carry them out. Plus, there was a bunch of one-time um, developed standards, uh, develop a process, you know, all that stuff. Whenever you hear stuff like that in a report, that is, you know, somebody's got to develop that, which means there's money being spent at least one time to develop the processes and, and implement them. <clears throat> so there's staff proposed in those eight recommendations, and then there was some one-time costs proposed. But the big dollars come in the other two recommendations about trying to get to that um, zero um, folks out camping in our parks. And that was basically um, to add 350 new supported housing units in Lane County. And what that is is housing units where there's intensive case management goes along with it. And they might be around uh, folks that are mentally ill. They might be around folks that have addiction issues. It might be around veterans that are dealing with PTSD. It might be around foster kids that are aging out of the foster system and and haven't really been taught enough life skills to to not be homeless. so, there's it might be for senior folks or disabled folks. <laughs> and um, a little bit of poodle interference here on the Bose Bo's No Show, excuse me, breaking my train of thought. But 350 uh, supported housing units provide the way to move people out of the 75 emergency shelter beds that they're proposing being built so you know maintains that flow through the system that that they're calling for in this report and uh, that's where the big dollars are because uh, if you look at you know what we're proposing with our 51 bed um, mlk commons uh, project out there uh, next to our behavioral health department um, that has a price tag on it and and a cost of staffing and when you start talking about multiplying at times seven you're looking in the range of 70 to 100 million in capital costs and somewhere close to seven million a year just in staffing costs so uh, that for just the the 350 supported housing units now the actual 75 bed emergency shelter um, would have us also, spend somewhere around one and a half to two million dollars on the building, and another million dollars plus to maybe two million a year in operational costs. So, you start adding it all up, and uh, it's looking like a hundred million dollars in capital costs for the recommendations, and about ten million dollars a year in ongoing operational costs. Now, I don't know. Lane County is is balancing our budget on the head of a pin right now so we don't have capacity to take this on and I don't think the city of Eugene just has a hundred million dollars and ten million dollars additional a year to spend so it's really going to be something that's not going to happen overnight we're not going to get to functional zero overnight but I think if we you know, do some strategic planning and look at these recommendations and come up with a by step implementation plan. Like if we had, you know, this much money, we could this is what we would do first because it would give those the most improvement in the system. And one of the things when you start improving a system like this, if you improve one portion of it faster than some of the others, you put the system out of balance and, and you'll underutilize that that over portion of the system and you'll overwhelm the rest of the system. So some real strategic planning needs to go into this and, and develop a, a plan of implementation because it is kind of important to get to where we don't have folks camping on the streets. And I know there's a lot of people like, you know, why would you want to spend tax money on stuff like that? We've already shown in our frequent um, user system engagement program known as FUSE, that we can save twenty to $50,000 a year in other service costs if we just provide emergency housing for somebody that's a heavy user of things like the ERs, uh, police calls, uh, jail bookends, um, court uh, time, all that. There's a huge savings in just getting that person indoors And then once you get them indoors, if you can connect them with case management and actually work on the issues causing them to be homeless in the first place, you may actually get them out the other end of the system as a productive, tax-paying person instead of a continuous draw on services. So you know, in the long run, there's a return on investment in in investing in this system. In addition, there's been Court case that that's been ruled on by the Ninth Circuit Court of the U.S. Uh, that says we can't cite somebody for illegal camping in public on public property unless we've got some place for them to go, an alternative that it's considered um, uh, inhumane or um, uh, um, uh, the terms escaping me right now, but basically. Um, we can't punish somebody when they we don't they don't have an alternative. So that's really kind of an important backdrop to this is that ninth circuit decision. So until we have the capacity, how do we start dealing with the folks that refuse to maybe avail themselves of some of these treatment programs and, and help programs that are, you know, you know, where's the stick? End. We, we don't have a stick any longer. The courts basically took it away from us until we build the capacity. So, you know, ultimately, we need to build the capacity before we can get our stick back. So that's still a huge list. How do we come up with $100 million in capital budget? Where do we get $10 million a year in sustainable revenue? You know, really great question. You know, so, But I do want to remind folks that, you know, we have a Facebook page for this show and KRBN Internet News Talk Radio. And right now on the Facebook page, we're going to put up a link to that report on homelessness that was presented last night for anyone that wants to get into the details of the recommendations and maybe understand some of the background, how the report was developed, um, and just some of the demographics around homelessness. It was kind of interesting because The report was kind of late getting to um, the city and the county, partly because our system is much more robust than it would normally be for a city of our size. And it took longer for them to analyze the system than they thought when they first proposed doing the report to us as a consultant. So there was some good news in that we've got a, a pretty robust system here in Lane County and we've been pretty much ahead of the curve in best practices, but ultimately it's not a, the system isn't working well. There's some inefficiencies in it, but that, that was, but there's this, you know, the, the other part of it is to fix it's going to be a big lift and how we get there. I, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. So um, I, I, if you want to call in the Bozno Nose Show and, and express your opinions on trying to fix the homeless problem here in Lane County, give us a call at 646-721-9887 and just press 1. let lets us know you want to talk here on the Bo's Nose Show. Again, that's 646-721-9887. Just press 1 and you can call in about anything else you want to talk about. So I, I in my promos on Facebook, I said I was going to talk about this. And then I was going to tie it to the Association of ONC Counties, which there's been a push for for, from the environmental uh, groups for us to pull out of that association because they think it's too um, timber oriented, you know, harvest oriented and anti-environmental, which it isn't. Um, But there's a push to pull us out. And the way I'd like to tie this is is one of the ways we're going to maybe fund some of these improvements and maybe the ongoing cost is if we have some sustainable ongoing new revenue coming into the county. And one of the possibilities for that new revenue is through the Oregon and California railroad lands that the federal government owns in trust for the ONC counties. And the Association of O&C Counties is the uh, coordinated lobbying group for the 18 counties that have O&C Railroad lands in them in Oregon. These lands don't exist anywhere else in the country, so it's very unique to Oregon and unique to those 18 counties. And having a unified lobbying voice is really important. And the, the piece that's really important about this is the the income that comes from those lands, whether it's replacement payments that come from the federal government, you know, if they're not harvesting, or if they get the harvest back and develop some kind of uh, sustainable uh, revenue stream back into, that revenue comes into our general fund. Revenue from other federal lands and forest timber harvest, like the US Forest Service lands, goes into our road fund and is constitutionally restricted from being spent on homelessness and other issues. So if you are somebody that really likes the the TAC final report and thinks it's a great roadmap, Lane County, Eugene, City Eugene and resting municipalities in, in Lane County to push ahead with a plan to resolve homelessness in Lane County, you should be supporting our membership in the ONC Counties Association because that is probably the one place we may actually be able to pick up new revenue without having to tax Lane County residents to supply that revenue. In fact, there's a bill that is currently uh, in Congress, that was uh, dropped last December and is going to be um, put out there again by Senators Wyden and Crapo, and Senator Wyden, of course, is Democrat from Oregon. Senator Crapo is a Republican from Idaho, so it's a bipartisan bill that would set up a trust fund endowment for the ONC counties, which would basically be, an endowment would be granted from the Treasury to this trust, and then the earnings on that endowment would pay what was the SRS payments to all the 18 counties while they work on harvest, and harvest dollars would go into the trust and increase those annual payments. So, you know, that bill needs help to get passed in Congress, and the Association of ONC Counties is one of the ways we pay for a lobbyist on Capitol Hill to talk to the states that don't have ONC lands. So it's a really important piece of legislation and the attorney that works for the Association of ONC Counties has been working directly with Senator Wyden and Senator Crapo's staff to write the language of that bill. So it's, you know, as you think about how can we improve the general fund situation for Lane County because we're really, you know, we can't we're not gonna to have to make cuts this budget cycle, but we're not gonna add any services this budget cycle. And we all know that there's lots of places we could add services, whether it's, we're talking about homelessness or we're talking about rural sheriff's patrols. Um, there's a need out there. And, and um, the ONC lands present probably the, the single greatest opportunity to bring in new revenue to Lane County's General Fund, where it's the most flexible in use. So that's the tie between homelessness and the o- Association of ONC Counties and why we should stay involved with them. So all of you that support the TAC report probably should be writing the Board of Commissioners and telling them they need to stay involved in the Association of ONC Counties at least until this new uh, legislation gets finalized and maybe passed by congress so really important thing so there there's your tie between federal lands and homelessness not too many people can tie those two things together so there's other stuff going on here in lane county besides Federal lands and homelessness. And now I'm going to kind of tie the federal lands and roads for a little bit because one of the things that's been going on in my district in particular is this whole issue of maintenance of local access roads. And uh, first, I have to explain what a local access road is, or some of the listeners may not have ever heard that term, often referred to as an LAR. And local access roads are roads that um, aren't collector roads. They don't have other roads coming into them. It's usually dead-end roads uh, that service uh, a small number of properties and residences, and um, they are very, um, they can, they're owned by the county, but a decision of the board back when um, timber harvest fell apart uh, way back in the 80s, they stopped maintaining local access roads you know at one point when we were flush with timber dollars we were maintaining all those local access roads for the property owners even if there was three houses on the end of the road the county was doing maintenance on it well we dropped maintenance of those those local access roads and it became the responsibility of the property owners that 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 have access off those roadways and uh you know I live on a local access road out here um, behind Elmira High School, it's a gravel road. Fortunately, it's on fairly level ground, still gets a fair amount of potholes in it. And every once in a while, um, there's one guy that kind of has a uh, tractor with a drag blade because I am rural enough that folks have tractors and uh, he scrapes the road up now and then for us, but every once in a while, it just needs more rock put down and they will send a note out to all the property owners along the, the road um, we'd like you to write a check for a hundred dollars for gravel so we can buy several loads of gravel that be spread up and down the roadway and that's how our road gets maintained well that works okay for you know the 15 to 20 people that live off of my road but it's not working okay everywhere around the county. In particular, there's a road called Collard Lake Road down in the Florence area that has 70 or 80 properties off of it. So it's a pretty, you know, uh, large number of properties, but it's a road that that has had a kind of weird past because the county stopped maintaining it, and then a board in the past made a one-time decision to, go in and do some repairs with the understanding that it was a one-time emergency action and then stop maintaining it again, but people have it in their head that the county maintains that road, and it's having some problems right now, and kind of close, pretty far down the road where there's not too many residents past it, a tree fell over and took a chunk of the roadway with it. it it's still passable, um, and, but it's in a weird spot, and We've had to put lighted barricades around it just to make sure it's safe. Um, And it doesn't seem to be a progressing uh, uh, damage. It's not getting any bigger at this right at this point has potential to ultimately. But the folks down there really want us to fix that road. So here's the tie to federal lands. We used to maintain those roads when we had revenue from U.S. Forest Service timber harvest before the spotted owl. So if you want your roads to be maintained out in rural Lane County, the place that we got road funding was in U.S. Forest Service timber harvest. And we really just haven't had that in years. Now the O&C lands at least have been having some harvest and harvest revenues coming in. And there's been some timber harvest um, in Lane County on the Willamette forest, but there's been almost none in the Siuslaw National Forest, to the point where, you know, those folks that live on Collard Lake Road down near Florence, if they drive to Eugene on Highway 126, they will pass Abandoned mill after abandoned lumber sawmill because the sawmills there used to saw the logs coming off the Saisla National Forest, which is no longer generating any logs. So those mills have long since shut down, but they're, they're still visible along Highway one hundred twenty-six. And in fact, if you kept going up Highway thirty six towards Triangle Lake, you'd pass another couple more mills that have been shut down. So you know, there's a double impact in that all those family wage jobs are no longer there local to the Florence area that were in those mills. And the roads that you all live on aren't being maintained because the county no longer has that much revenue in our road fund. And just to give you an inkling of the the differential, House Bill 2017 the the transportation bill that passed in in the 2017 legislature that increased our gas taxes. uh, I think it was six cents immediately and another two cents uh, every two years or something like that for the next 10 years. I forget what the total bill is, but basically that bill ultimately will bring in about $8 million in new revenue into our road fund. Back before SRS, was tapered down and ended the secure rural schools act which was a timber replacement fund which wasn't anywhere close to what the timber harvest was historically that put 20 million dollars a year into our road fund so even this new gas tax and pretty steep increase in your gas taxes only going to replace about 40% of what we had under Secure Rural Schools, which wasn't anywhere close to what we had under Timber Harvest at one time. So as people are thinking about some of these issues facing Lane County and, and where we're going to get the dollars to attack those issues, they should remember there's a tie between why we don't have the dollars today and the management of Federal timberlands, on the ONC lands that PLM manages, and the national forests that the Forest Service manages. That's really what what we're looking at here. And if you're if you're looking for some of those long-term solutions, if you're one of those people that lives on Collard Lake Road, or maybe you're one of the people in Hasita Beach that has to use Second Avenue for ex- access. That's an LAR that's also got bad um, need of repair. If we had the timber harvest money, or if we get through this, this bill that Senator Wyden and Crapo are working on, we might have the revenues to start doing some of those, those critical things people want us to do and need us to do. So need to be you know talking to your federal delegation you know, and, and writing, you know, Senator Wyden, Senator Merkley, and Congressman DeFazio, and and asking them to look at that bill that has been put forward by uh, Senator Wyden and, and, and Senator um, Crapo, and see if they can support it, and try and keep it moving ahead. Because with that passage of that bill, you know, we may look at our ability to do some of the things folks really want us to do. So that's my federal Timberlands tied to Lane County services lecture for today. There's something you want to lecture me about or something else you want to talk about here on the Bose Bo's show, or if you have a question or comment about the homelessness report or or local access roads, you can give us a call here on the Bozno Nose Show at 646-721-9887. Just press one and that lets us know you wanna get in on the conversation. Again, that's 646-721-9887. And uh, press one, let's Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, know you wanna get in on the conversation. So I've got another topic. I'm gonna to completely jump topics here and uh, talk about something that's coming up next week on our Board of Commissioners meeting, because I think this is important, particularly for those of you that are listening to me in the Fern Ridge, Vanita area, Elmira, um, as you are the most impacted by the Oregon Country Fair. Some people just love, some people just hate it. Um, it's really um, I think a pretty good thing for Lane County, the country fair brings a lot of folks from outside the area. They spend their money. Uh, it's, it's really cleaned up their act as far as the country fair goes. The problem's kind of gotten to be outside the fence line of the fair in the campgrounds that are off-site. And there's been some issues over the last several years with them. And the County is proposing some new, uh, Code that would change the permitting requirements for those campgrounds. Now the campgrounds are really important, and I want them to stay in business. Because without them, pe- you know, there was a, years ago, there's a couple, a year, I think, where they made camping, um, the campgrounds illegal, and people illegally camped all over the place. People were chasing them out of their yards and out of the woods and stuff like that. People are going to come here and camp for the country fair. They should have a legal place to camp, but the campgrounds need to be run in a a safe and effective manner and done in a way that doesn't impact the neighbors. And that's what's the real real issue in that these campgrounds have kind of gotten to be festivals in themselves, but also they've gotten so popular and almost all of them are located on the same road that it causes a huge traffic jam on the days that people move into them and the days that people move out. And uh, this legislation that's coming up for public hearing, actually continued public hearing at 1.30 in Harris Hall on Tuesday, January 29th, that's next Tuesday at 1.30 in Harris Hall, is a public hearing on this particular piece of legislation. And it's important that we hear from people um, in the Fern Ridge area that, you know, want to have some input on things about traffic, about, you know, concert noise that, you know, going past 11 o'clock at night, about fire safety issues, which is, you know, really, when you talk about traffic, it becomes a fire safety issue in some ways. Um, Always been a real concern of mine that we put that many people sleeping overnight overnight. in the summertime, with only one road in and out basically is subtle lane, subtle road. Um, if there ever was a fire started one of those campgrounds that started spreading, you know, on, you know, through the dry grass or whatever else. Evacuation in that area is going to be really problematic and that's, you know, a, a big concern, uh, I know the local fire chief is concerned about that. So there's some good reasons to set up some new rules around that that camping, but we need to hear from the public because right now the board has only heard from campground owners on this subject. So uh, if you have concerns, you're a, a neighbor of the country fair, or you're somebody that you know. Last summer there were people in Venita that were contacting me that lived two miles away from the country fair about about the music late at night. Um, so if you're any of those folks, we need to hear from you because part of this ordinance also, um, gives us some ability to do a little bit more enforcement around, um, noise and late night, late night noise. So really need to hear from the public. I've put up some Facebook posts on the Veneta Community Network page, the Ridge 411, uh, the West Lane Facebook page, the uh, Veneta Elmira page, and the Elmira page. So if you kind of look around Facebook, you might find my post about, um, you know, notice for public hearing and uh, email there where you can email the entire board. If you can't come to the hearing to talk to us, you can email the entire board with what you think there's also a link at on those pages to the actual um legislation the actual code changes that we're proposing so if you're interested in some of the off-site impacts of the country fair and and uh maybe having a little bit more control over that in coming years particularly with the 50th anniversary of the fair coming up and we know that's going to probably be you know, generate a bit more attendance than normal. Um, you need to, we need to hear from you. So, check out those Facebook posts. Um, if you can't find them, you can go to our KRBN Internet News Talk Radio Facebook page for this show, and you can message us there, and I'll provide you links uh, there also um, by messenger. It, for the information on this public hearing. Again, that's a public hearing. On uh, it's a change in our um, our gather what they call gatherings uh, or assembly um, code, uh, and it just changes the code enough to cover the campgrounds also, and and it puts in some requirements around um, providing traffic management plans in advance and um, some other uh, safety plans uh, that need to be provided up front and also for allowing access to the campsites during fair week um, so we can you know, check to make sure we're, you know, they're adhering to their permit requirements. And it also sets up um, our, you know, some ability to do enforcement uh, more so than we've had in the past. So uh, really like to hear from the public on those issues because we're only hearing from one side, which is basically saying um, we don't want any changes, we think things are fine because we're the ones that own the campgrounds and we're the ones also making tens of thousands of dollars every summer on our campgrounds. Yeah, they have a vested interest um, and and, want to be as as loose and free as they can because it's um, important to them I, you know, some well-run campgrounds that do a great job. Uh, this isn't targeted towards them. This is targeted to some of the the, the outliers. And, and just to try and keep any um, campgrounds from getting to that point where they make the mistake of, you know, having music past, you know, live bands past 11 o'clock at night, or they stop traffic on Subtle with a... Um, untrained person uh, that's out there you know just waving their hand at traffic instead of in a proper vest with you know been trained in how to flag traffic and doing it in the proper way because uh it caused a big traffic jam last summer and uh some near accidents a few times and we really something has to improve or sometime in the future there's going to be a really bad outcome if there's a medical emergency and we can't get through there, if there's a fire that occurs when it's jammed up like that, um, all those situations would be really bad. Not to mention the stressors to some of the, you know, I, I've been contacted with, by families that have young children that they couldn't get them to go to sleep until three in the morning because of the, sound, the noise coming from the campsites. You can imagine what those parents' day was like the next day you know, dealing with a toddler that was kept up past three o'clock in the morning. Not my idea of fun. So, hoping some folks can show up for that public hearing next Tuesday at one-thirty. If you can't show up, please email the board with any comments you have on those uh, regulations around campgrounds for the Oregon Country Fair or any other um temporary uh gathering like that uh, you know if somebody chooses to hold some other festival in another part of the uh county this would help cover that too so it's just a um piece of code that will help us manage the impacts on neighbors uh, of of these gatherings not to ban them just to to kind of control some time place and manner um restrictions on this assembly. Got about 20 minutes left on the Bowes Nose show. I've run through some real red meat. I'm surprised I haven't had somebody call in today at 646-721-9887 and just, you know, press 1 to get in on the conversation. Somebody that wants to talk about, you know, tax dollars being used for homeless services and we're not doing enough for the homeless. We shouldn't have closed Camp 99, why aren't you maintaining Collard Lake Road uh, and, you know, we need to get out of the ONC Counties Association um, and we should leave the campgrounds alone. I, I just, it. I'm surprised with, with all these topics that there's not one of you out there that doesn't have an opinion that wants to call in. Again, it's six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. and, you know, if we don't, any callers we we may have to turn to the poodle side of the conversation which you probably if you're watching the video feed may have seen the poodle side of the conversation climb in my lap a couple times so but with that you know I, I have to give our U.S. Speaker of the House the what were they thinking award for the week I don't know, Robin, if you've got a good one yourself, but, you know, first sending the the letter to the president, you know, trying to push off the State of the Union, and then basically refusing to call for the vote to hold the State of the Union for the joint resolution, she's kind of walked right into the the door, so to speak.
0: It's a game of chess.
1: Yeah, because you know he's going to give a State of the Union, whether it's in the House of Representatives, you know, uh, in the Capitol, or if he, you know, as I suggested, he should go to the nearest Chick-fil-A lobby <laughs> and, and hold it there, you know, with whatever public happened to be there at that time. <laughs> what, you know, just just to kind of, you know, throw everybody off, but could, could you imagine that if he just, you know, Descended upon a Chick-fil-A with his with his security team somewhere in the suburbs of Washington D.C.
0: And, <laughs> and
1: held his State of the Union right there in the lobby of Chick-fil-A. First of all, it would it would make a lot of people's head explode because you know Chick-fil-A is is not you know politically correct. Right. <laughs> well, I can get it could be yeah, worse. He could do it at Hobby Lobby, but. <laughs> still you know he's going to do it and you know he's going to make it into you know the juxtaposition of her turning him down
0: right
1: yeah you know? and it's going to just make it it's making her look bad at this point and it's just like why why give him that 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 the, the satisfaction why give him the the um, the earned media I mean, it's incredible earned media for him. No matter where he does the State of the Union, whether it's over in the Senate chambers or if he does it from the Oval Office with no audience, it is going to have so much attention focused on it because she denied him access to the House of Representatives chambers. Yeah. You know, really, you know, when you talk about political chess matches, she just lost her queen.
0: <laughs> you know, I think she lost her queen a long time ago.
1: Yeah, she put she put her queen right out there for a pawn to take. You know,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Personally, I think we should lock them both in a small room and not let them out till they come up to with some type of an agreement.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's kind of it. You feel like a kindergarten teacher with yeah. these people. You know, it's like you really yeah. You want to lock them both in a room and say you yeah, know now until you two apologize to each other and come out. You know, and
0: learn to share. <laughs> if you two can't play nicely.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. So that that's my what were they thinking for the week? What were you thinking, Nancy Pelosi, when you decided to give Donald Trump that huge soapbox to stand on by denying him the House of Representative chamber for the State of the Union?
0: You know, the worst part about all of this is that these guys are supposed to be the highest or the best of the best and the leaders of our country. Yeah.
1: And you know what's really um, frustrating for me in some ways? The State of the Union, until broadcast media came along, until radio, was generally a written report to Congress in, in letter form that had very few details because basically the executive branch didn't want to give any uh, power to the legislative branch to administer by reporting on stuff they don't really need to know about. You know, it was very brief. The state of the union's great.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, or something like, yeah. You know, and what it became this media circus and it's gotten worse and worse over time in fact i can't watch a state of the union speech it it, you know just with the the you know the one side cheers for this the other side cheers for that you know they stand up and and do you know 10 minutes worth of standing ovation when you know they say something that side likes while the other side sits there frowning you know it's it's like it's such political theater and it's all about the president talking about initiatives that he wants to, to get passed and stuff like And that's, that's not the state of the union.
0: No, it's like a uh, Catholic it's a
1: campaign speech.
0: Yeah. Like a Catholic church workout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just, I, I, and the whole thing, you know, where it takes them 10 minutes to walk from the door down to the dais because everybody wants to step out, and shake their hands. And the way, you know, the certain re- Representatives and senators get there hours early, or send staff to sit in the seats that are on the aisle. The president will come down to make sure they're in the camera.
0: Yeah, but you know, this time, even if uh, Pelosi didn't pull the invitation, they'd probably boycott it, and he'd he'd probably be the only one there. Which would make it short and simple. Well,
1: then again, they'd be giving him a huge platform.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, they they have given him. A piece of earned media you know in politics this is a little bit of uh you know backroom knowledge for folks out there when you're running a campaign you talk about purchased media and earned media you know purchase media is easy it's you, know, you raise funds from contributors to your campaign and then you buy ads on tv or radio or in the newspaper and you pay for those ads at the same price that walmart pays for those ads actually you probably pay more because you're not a big advertiser you're a one-time charlie and they kind of rake you over the coals and because you're a political committee most of the time they make you pay up front because they know there's a good chance if they don't make you pay up front they don't collect (laughs) so so paid advertising is really expensive for a campaign and you try and avoid doing it what you want is earned media and you try not you try to make sure you control and, and, and get as much out of earned media as possible. It's one of the reasons why you'll hear some senators formed a exploratory committee to be president, and then you'll hear later on they've made the actual announcement to be president, because they get two shots at earned media, where the media will actually cover them for free on the evening news and the top of the hour news because they formed an exploratory committee and then later they actually announced. So you're always looking for as a as, in the political world of ways of getting positive earned media where it's free to you where you earned it by doing some kind of announcement or you know some kind of initiative that they cover some kind of award you know it's one of the reasons you know the silly things like bringing the Super Bowl winners to the white house and all that stuff. It's all about earned media. Gets covered. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? And <laughs> it's a positive thing, it's a positive thing that the you know, connects the politician with a positive feeling on TV. It's what they want the 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 consultants in the back rooms are all looking for. Nancy Pelosi has just handed Donald Trump millions of dollars in earned media by denying him access to those chambers. And if they didn't show up for it, that's earned media too.
0: You know, if it wasn't such a serious thing, it'd be really good TV.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If it weren't for the fact that they're playing with um, so much of our country's you know, services and our security and people's lives when it comes to their incomes, yeah, it'd make a great TV show. Hmm. House of Cards, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw where that one went. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then we need to get Vince McMahon in there to uh, narrate everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll get him. Or who was who the guy, the, the gentleman that just passed away that used to announce a lot of those do the ring announcing? Mean Gene? Mean Gene, yes. Yeah. Yes, we need mean Gene. And in this corner,
0: are you ready to rumble? 120 pounds. It's Donald J. Trump. And in this corner, weighing
1: 115 pounds, it's Nancy Pelosi.
0: Mad dog Pelosi.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, I could just see that one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God.
1: Oh, uh, yes, yes. That
0: would be. Uh, are you?
1: Yes, yes. It would be. Uh, <laughs> uh, they need to do one of those, you know, who are the guys that do uh, uh, South Park? You know, they need to do a South Park with that.
0: <laughs> they probably already have. With a
1: with the, with the little cutout paper animation that they do. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow or another, Kenny would have to be the referee and die. <laughs> Because he got in between the two of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> could you just could you just hear Kenny giving the instructions to them before the fight?
0: <laughs> no. Oh gosh, okay.
1: yes. Your county commissioner has watched South Park.
0: <laughs> yes, folks. He is a he is a real person.
1: Oh uh, yeah, not that many, but. My God, some of the episodes I've watched, those guys are are very clever, but really naughty. (laughs) Definitely not meant for children under 17.
0: (laughs) The following program is rated.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. But wicked sense of humor those two guys have. Yes.
0: And also shows we can have fun here on the Bo's Nose Show. And join us. What's your favorite uh, South Park episode? We don't care. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just give us a call, 646-721-9887. 646-721-9887.
0: Or tell us your favorite poodle color, because Jay has a variety.
1: Yes, we do. Maybe I'll get that poodle to come over here, and I'll hold him up for the camera.
0: Poodle power.
1: Yes, poodle power. So we do have about... Seven minutes left in the show here, so there's plenty of time for conversation. Seriously, if you want to call in, if not, we can talk about other serious issues, like you know the death match between Nancy Pelosi and and Donald Trump uh, on South Park.
0: Uh, uh, I'm I'm thinking of oh. <laughs> um, as in kind of an amateur animator. <laughs> Yeah, you're getting me started.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's all sorts of possibilities there. Um, I could just see Nancy tagging out to Chuck Schumer.
0: Yeah, it'd probably be called the Annoying Orange versus uh, Skeletor.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, God. I have too much fun. Back to Lane County. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back to Lane County. What else is going on here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's pretty normal stuff trying to build a courthouse maybe in between all the crazy stuff about homelessness and road repairs and everything else we got going. So and that's also coming up on our next board meeting as we will be looking at placing it on the ballot and taking the initial actions to set up the public hearings on placing it on the ballot and that comes up on Tuesday also.
0: Hey, I got one for you. Yeah. If you're gonna be talking um roads and traffic, there was a time uh, right after many times that they repaved Six and Seventh Street that they were bragging about how all the stop traffic lights were linked together, so everybody can uh, you set your speedometer for a certain speed and you know you can pretty much make it down there where that's no longer the case where they got the side roads now triggering the lights at random,
1: yes, and also um. It's no longer the case with the uh, LTD bus. They used to be able to get through at least the downtown portion on 6th and 7th with with about 28 miles an hour. It gets you green at every light. Right. And um, they've changed that at Charlton where the bus goes up and down the new MX. Um, They they gave a priority to that light so that now you're going along fine and you get stopped at Charlton. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't work the way it used to work. And then once you get stopped there, you get stopped down at, at you know other lights, and it just it's a mess trying to get up and down six and seven. But speaking of traffic and speaking of homelessness, I'm wondering what the audience out there in the Boz Nose Show thinks of Councillor Clark's proposal to. Ex- to bring over to eugene the same ordinance that's in the city of springfield now that makes it illegal to pass something from a vehicle in a travel lane to a pedestrian which basically would make it illegal to um you know for the panhandlers to go collect money from the wind through the windows of cars at intersections it's not a law against panhandling. It's a law against handing things to people because it draws them out into the traffic unsafely. So it's a traffic safety issue, but it also kind of deals with the panhandling in some ways. What do you all think about that? There is supposed to be a protest at last night's meeting from people that are against that that particular um, uh, law. Coming to the city of Eugene, I actually think it's a pretty good idea and support it, you know, for two reasons. First, the, the straight up traffic safety reason. I've seen, you know, those folks go out to a car, the person fumbling with their change, the light changes, and people go to start up and just about rear end the guy that hasn't pulled out yet. And then, the, and then the, the traffic lane starts up beside the car that has the guy at the window and he's got to get back through traffic as they're going by it's just unsafe to walk out and to stop traffic and then have a light turn green and traffic starts moving it you know it's a it's a traffic safety issue somebody's going to get hit secondary to that handing out cash to panhandlers does not help them with their situations and it's been well documented and a lot of cities are trying to teach people not to give cash to panhandlers because it most often gets used for the things that you can't get services to provide. You know, if you're living in Oregon and Lane County, and you're, you know, unemployed, destitute, and homeless, you still qualify for an Oregon Trail card. You still qualify for the Oregon Health Plan, and a lot of other help and subsidies out there so you 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 still got the ability to get fed you know if nothing else you can show up at some of the the various um, kitchens like the lindholm center or the dining room downtown you know you still have the ability to get medical care through our 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 health clinics what you don't have is cash and and one of the things you can't use that that Oregon Trail card you know, which is you know the new food stamp you can't use it for alcohol or tobacco products so or illegal drugs so what do they they want cash for it's not so they can eat or buy a bus ticket it's so they can use it for something that's addictive for the most part so handing cash to those folks is usually feeding an addiction. If you really want to help those folks, take that dollar bill you were going to hand them and put it in a jar for St. Vincent de Paul that's on the counter at the dairy mart or something like that, or you know, give it to Food for Lane Food for Lane County, hand it to Catholic Community Services, you know, any of those charities. That will provide a lot of the other supports, whether it's St. Vincent de Paul providing the dust to Dawn programs out there, and all sorts of other um, support services, or you give it to Food for Lane County so they can, you know, expand their food bank operations that get out to those folks. You know, Catholic Community Services provides a lot of services to the homeless, including, you know, providing them, uh, you know, camping gear and and clothing. Really, that's where you want to give that cash. Give it to the charities that provide the services. So that's another, you know, Commissioner Bozovich soapbox for the moment. Why I support the uh, traffic safety measure of not being able to hand stuff out of the car to pedestrians in traffic. Um, If it comes to to, to City of Eugene or Lane County, I'll support it. Thank you for listening to Bo's Nose Show. We'll be back next week. This time I'll be in downtown Eugene instead of downtown Elmira. Thank you for listening to Bo's No Show. Have a great week.